Hi, and welcome to the Willow Ridge Church weekly podcast. This is where you can find audio for our current and past sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's installment, and be sure to check back next week to hear the latest message. Thanks for listening. Good morning. If you've got your Bible with you, and I hope you do, if you could open up to Colossians chapter 4, which is where we are going to be today. As Joel said, we are starting our new series covering prayer. We're going to look at five different passages of Scripture that, that talk about prayer over the next five weeks. And our, 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 our goal in this is that you and I, together as a congregation, as a family, as a church body, that we can grow in prayer and seek to be obedient to God's Word and apply that accurately to our lives. One of the things that we're doing, and this whole message is going to kind of be built around this, is we're walking through a prayer journey together. We threw out this challenge, I believe, about a month ago to see if we could fill every hour of every day of a week for five weeks so that the people of Willow Ridge Church was, are united together in prayer, working through that together. And I'm going to tell you guys, super excited. We, as of this morning, had 103 of us had committed to do that. So if my uh, public school math does me correctly, that's 65 more of us that need to sign up. You still have time this morning. Here's the challenge. Let's create a little awkwardness at lunch. Wives, look at your husbands. Say, did you sign up? All right. Husbands, look at your wives and say, did you sign up, all right? And if you haven't, then sign up together. It'll be a wonderful time as we go through God's word. We do have uh, these prayer guides that are here and want to make sure that you grab those and make sure that you have an opportunity to pray with us as, as, we, as we go through this season and as we go through this study together. Um, also, our Utah missions team is there. Uh, Joel spoke to that. They, they are safe and they are sound. Uh, when Dustin Stockman spoke here, uh, this past spring. He said, man, uh, summertime in Utah is, is wonderful. Man, it's like peaking at like 80 degrees. So where it's like 105 in South Carolina, it's low 80s in Utah. And then we've like flipped that for the last several weeks. And even though it's getting warmer here, it is staying at those temperatures there. And, and so make sure that you're praying for them with, with that as they minister. But also, and we're going to pray for them in just a minute, um, let's pray for the, the work that they're going to do, the conversations they're going to be going to be having and like Dustin shared with with us and I'm going to remind us every week as uh, as we think about this there are going to be men and women and families who've never heard the gospel who've never been invited to a church and our high school students are going to have the opportunity to engage them with the gospel and invite them to a Jesus loving gospel spreading church and so we're excited about that opportunity Uh, before we go into God's word this morning let's go ahead and, and go to him in prayer God, I just come to you this morning thanking you for who you are, Lord, for what you've done. Lord, I thank you so much as we sing the song, Lord, that we proclaim that it's through you and you alone that we find life and hope and freedom. And so, Lord, we thank you for the grace of God. We thank you for the cross and the powerful work that Christ did. We thank you that he overcame the grave, Lord, and that we can rest fully in him, in who we are, find our hope. Lord, be with this missions team as they're there in Utah. Lord, give them boldness that comes from you. Lord, give them the words that come from you. And Lord, we pray that hearts 
would be drawn to you. And that, Lord, men and women and children would come to faith in Christ. Lord, keep them safe, keep them healthy, but more importantly, Lord, keep them, keep them bold for the gospel. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am probably more excited about this message series than I've been excited about a message series in a long time. Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't been excited about others, but as this anticipation has been moving forward and knowing what we're going to do, as I signed up for, for my time, my time is, is 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, so technically that starts next week, but I told Aaron we were getting ready to go to bed last night, and I said, I'm going to think I'm going to start mine today, so this morning, got up at 3.30 and, and headed on down to the church, got here right at 4 and, and had my time in prayer for this service, for you guys, for what God is going to do. Prayed for our first-time guests. Just so many prayed for myself that God would, would give me his words. And I'm excited to see the transformation of what God's going to do as we pause within the busyness, within the chaos, within everything that's in our lives and said, you know what, Lord, we're going to take some time and, and focus on prayer. We're going to focus in on our relationship with you. We're going to devote ourselves. We're going to be watchful. And this is how we're going to come to you in prayer. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited to see what God is going to do. I'm excited to hear your individual stories through this journey. But I'm also excited to see our journey as a, as a body, as a church family, of how God is going to take us and transform us and mold us and shape us and renew us for his name and for his glory. And so I am so excited excited as we're going to be navigating through these different passages of Scripture, gleaning from it what God has for us, and then applying that to our lives. And so let's go ahead and, and dive in and read from our first passage this morning, Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Paul writes, and he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So a couple of things that we're going to look at and, and we want to point out and kind of lay as a foundation for us as we go through these passages of Scripture, all right? Each week, we will not give a full, exhaustive look at everything associated with, with prayer and then wrap it up and say we're good to go. Each week, what we hope to do is, is continue to build one week after another of what God has for us. And so I know that that summertime is crazy, and I'm super encouraged as we look out into the auditorium and see we've got like one small section that's not occupied. So here's what I want to challenge you with. Let's keep this up. Let, let's keep this momentum as we look to grow in prayer and each week build on one another, all right? Also, something I want to point to, because I feel like so many of us are going to fall into one of these camps. No, no matter where you feel like you are concerning prayer, there will be both God's grace and God's truth for you. And here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Some of you, when we talk about prayer, every insecurity in faith comes up for you. I don't know how to pray. I don't have the words to say. I don't pray like I should. 
I don't really know what to do. And if that's you, let me say to you in this, there's God's grace for you in that. There's God's grace for you in that as Satan's trying to speak into your life. You can't, you can't, you can't. God says you can through me, all right? The second group of us that may find their spots in here are the self-proclaimed prayer warriors. I got it. I'm good. I pray. This is what I do. This is what I'm all about. Well, I want to encourage you with there's God's truth for you, right? That in this, there's areas for us, for you and I to still grow within here as we look at God's word, as God's word is explained to us, and as we're continued to be transformed and sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, all right? So no matter what crowd you, you find yourself in, on either extreme or anywhere in between, that what we're gonna see is God working in our life for God's grace and God's truth for prayer, all right? So here's gonna be a kind of a working definition of prayer for us over the next five weeks. Prayer is the expression of our faith in God and our dependence on God through requests and declarations made to God. And so each week, we're going to kind of continue to build on this and work through this. If you were to say, like, if I were to say to you, like, what is prayer? For, for us, this isn't an all-encompassing, but a working definition that we can go through. Prayer is the expression of our faith in God and our dependence on God through requests and declarations made to God, all right? So a couple things about prayer before we even get into Colossians. Number one, like, we pray to God, all right? Now, for some of us, there might be a break or, or difficulty in that. For some of us, depending on our background, depending on our worldview, depending on how you got here and your history, this may be a disconnected. For some of us, it may be, I mean, this is what I've known my whole life. But let's look and, and establish that we pray to God. We're not praying to ancestors, we're not praying to people, we're not praying to religious leaders. That when we pray, we pray to God and not anyone else. That as we pray, what we're doing is that prayer is a work and an action of faith. It's saying that, God, I trust you, so I make my request, I make my declarations known to you, because to you and you alone do I trust fully. And it's why we're made to God. That prayer shows our dependence on God. So not only our faith, but our dependence. We've talked a lot about this in, as we wrapped up our, our study in, in Luke, that, that we are fully dependent on the Lord. That the more we mature in Christ, the more we realize we need him, the more we cling to him, the more we're dependent on him. And our prayers should be a reflection of that. When we, when we look at the Pharisee and, and the tax collector that came before that, that Jesus told about it in, in that parable, right? The, the Pharisee stands up and says, look at me, look at what all I've done. And the tax collector proclaims his dependence on the Lord. And that's where we want to fall in, that our faith and dependence is on God. And this happens through, through two things. It's going to happen through our request and our declarations, all right? I want, I want to have just a moment of, of conversation and, and clarity when it comes to, to prayers that we lift up to the Lord. When it comes to requests, church, tell him how you feel. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you need. 
Like, can we be honest and, and come to the Lord with all that has burdened us, with all that we are, feel like we're caring, with all that we're desperate for, and bring it before him? But can we come also with our declarations? Reveal to him your heart. Reveal to him your desperation. Reveal to him your sins and your need for forgiveness. Because here's the thing of what Scripture points to. He already knows anyways, right? He already knows. It's so funny. Like, like Christians, we, we say that the Lord knows our heart, but yet there's areas that we feel like we need to hold back from him. And he knows every corner of it. And so as we come with our requests and declarations, let's be open and honest before the Lord. And this is as we go through for these next five weeks. I want this to just kind of ring true, all right? To understand that prayer is not a burden to God, that God loves prayer. All right, I want to ask parents and, and, and grandparents a, a question in here, all right? How many of you, by show of hands, have a kid or a grandkid or maybe multiple of them who like to ask questions? They're question askers. Raise your hand. How many of y'all? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, most of the hands are going up in the room, and one of my kids is kind of sweating it right now, all right? Now, if you've got a question asker in your house, here's what they know. They know over time they can wear you down with the amount of questions, right? Like, I'm seeing some parents like, yep, you've been in my house. You know what that's like, right? Here's the thing. It's their gift, right? They enjoy it. They thrive in it. They absolutely love it. They're working like five more questions and dad is going to break. Watch this. Boom, 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 right? And as parents, like, it can get frustrating. Like, in our depravity for, for us as moms and dads, grandpas and grandmas, we're like, no more questions. Please stop. I've told you I don't know and legitimately I'm confused right now and I don't know. Stop asking me questions, all right? This isn't God. It's not. It's not how God works. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 62, here's what God says to his people. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I've set watchmen all the day and all the night that they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. And I love verse 7. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. God here says, wear me out with your prayers. Wear me out. Because you can't. Because you can't. Do you know who God's not? The parent on the road trip saying, hearing, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? That's not them. That's not God. That's not who he is. God says, you got this burden? Bring it to me. Well, I already brought it to God. We'll bring it again and bring it again and bring it again and bring it again. God says, I can't be worn out. I don't need to rest, but see if you can get me to this point. See what this is going to be like. And that's how God works and God loves it. This past week, a friend of mine who's lost wrote this and broke my heart. I know God has more important things to do than take care of my problems, but could you please pray for me? And he shared this request. And there's the realization that there's so many of us who feel that way. 
God has bigger things to take care of, bigger things that are on his heart or on his mind than me, and I just don't matter. God loves prayers. He knows your requests. Bring them to him. God does not grow weary. And so my prayer for us is that we take that challenge on and that we come before the Lord and continually pour out to him. So let's, let's get started, Colossians 4. I'm going to read it again. Paul says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So four things I want us to see, take away from prayer this morning to lay the foundation for us is this. Number one, prayer demands devotion. Prayer demands devotion. Paul begins off this passage by saying, continue steadfastly in prayer. So let's look at this phrase real quickly. Continue steadfastly means to devote oneself or to be strong in something. So, so Paul says, hey, get strong in this, be devoted in this, be devoted in prayer, be strong in prayer. Don't let it be a weak spot of your life. Don't let it be an afterthought of your life. Don't let it just be something that's there and say, allow this to be a defining moment in your life. In fact, six times in the New Testament, this phrase is, is used, I think it's important, the first three times that we see be devoted or be strong in prayer is found in the book of Acts describing the early church and what they were doing. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. Three times it says that in the book of Acts as the early church, as God's spirit begins to work and move in men and women and in single days, thousands upon thousands of men, women, children, and children came to faith in Jesus Christ even though death may await them. And what we see as a practice within who the church was is they were devoted to prayer and that this is who they are. And then what we see later on in Paul's letters, what we've already seen in Colossians, what we'll see in Romans, and what we'll see in Ephesians is three times Paul comes back and has to remind them to be devoted in prayer. So we see they're slipping from it and so Paul steps in and says, listen, if your effectiveness of what God is going to do with you in the gospel has to be rooted, has to be central, and has to be grounded in prayer. And so be devoted. I love the imagery of what he gives, and it carries within the idea of, of being strong, of growing in strength, of working out. Be, be strong, a progressive, continuing building of your life in prayer. It's why I said to you, if you're a prayer warrior in here this morning, thank you, thank you, thank you for using the gift of what God has given you and continuing on in that. But don't think that you're arrived because what you need to do is continue to build and work on it and stick to so that God can strengthen you even more. And so as Paul describes prayer, he says, like, let it be like an exercise, Set a time, set a commitment and stick to it. As you pray and as you battle through it, like let it be tough. Move away from the simple two or three phrases that we've memorized and try to dig down into it. 
But then also, if you think about this with exercise, like track your growth. Here's where I was before. Here's where I am now. And here's where I hope to be. Not of what we're accomplishing within ourselves, but what God is doing with us. Devote yourself to prayer. Make it a part of who you are. Make it a part of your schedule. Make it a part of your routine. Continue steadfastly in prayer. So the question comes, when we look at Scripture, so does the Bible say devote yourself to prayer? Does the Bible say schedule it and and have it be at this time and, and, and work in this and set this as a discipline of your life? Or does the Bible say pray without ceasing? And, and which one is it? And I would say both. Both. Set the time, pray without ceasing. Set the time, pray without ceasing. Let prayer be the discipline, but also let it be the pattern and the rhythm of your life. I, I read a pastor this week who, who described it this way. He says, continual fellowship with God will grow from praying without ceasing. But depth of intimacy will come from devotion and endurance of prayer over time. So this pastor says they're, they're both fruitful. One of them, the prayer without ceasing, the continual conversation that we'll, we'll look at in a couple weeks, that this will come in the, the prayer without ceasing, the continual relationship with God. That's where the fellowship will come from. But if you want to see what it looks like to dive down into deep layers of devotion, deep layers of intimacy, deep layers of endurance over time, It comes from devotion to prayer. So it's both. So this morning we want to say, let's devote ourselves. Let's devote ourselves. It's been the heart of us setting this five-week plan for us. That within us, within our lives, what we can build is a rhythm. What we can build is a discipline. What we can build is an endurance that it's part of who we are. I'd be willing to bet if you stop and you look at your last week, if you stop and you look at your yesterday, if you stop and look at where this week is going, that you can't tell me, because I've had to do the same thing within myself, that you can't tell me within the 168 hours during the week that God has blessed you with, you can't find one. You can't find one. But, but, Bo, I'm busy. I know. I know. But, Bo, I'm, I'm tired. I know. I know. But, Bo, you, you mean to tell Yeah. Go find the one. Wear God out. Be devoted to prayer. The second thing that we see from prayer in this is a call to alertness. Paul says, be watchful in it. Literally, Paul says, like, stay awake. Be aware. And he gives the imagery like a guard on a tower. I I got to think, what makes a good watch guard? I don't don't really care about your your physical condition. I don't really care about your mathematical abilities. What I want in a good watchman is your eyes to stay awake, for your eyes to be open so that you can look and see that you can be watchful within this. And this is what Paul says, that in prayer, that there's this call to alertness for you and I, that we are watchful in it. 
What we're going to see and what we'll journey through is that our willingness to dive into the depth of prayer will show our spiritual awareness of where we are and our growth in the Lord. And as we dive in, as we're committed to prayer, what God is going to do are those areas of our heart that he sees that we may either be blind to or have ignored. God's going to open our eyes more and more to see the sin that is in our life. And God's going to open our eyes more and more to his will for our life. And you and I can be alert for what God has for us. And this has been a concept that Jesus is established with his disciples. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus goes to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. This is the garden where Judas would betray him, where Jesus would be arrested, where Peter would seek to attack. And Jesus goes in in Matthew 26 into the garden. He brings his disciples with him into the garden, leaves most of them behind, but takes into the depth of the garden, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus gives them these three, gives these three some instructions. He looks at him and says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here, and I love these words, and, and watch with me. And watch with me. Notice right there, he doesn't say pray with me. He says watch with me. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pray that I'm weary. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to be watchful. I need you to be watchful. And so he goes, the Bible tells us, a little farther. He fell on his face and he began to pray, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not as I will, but as you will. And then he comes back, and he finds him sleeping. And he finds him sleeping. And he said to Peter, and I love these words in church, this is where the Lord brought me to for our hour. He says, you couldn't watch with me for one hour. You couldn't watch for one. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Years later, first Peter, or Peter is writing First Peter, and in chapter 5, he pens these words. Be watchful because the devil prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour. May we not miss the connection between the strength and the dedication and the devoted nature of our prayer to God and overcoming the sin that Satan seeks to attack us with. And for so many of us, we wonder why we can't get out of the spiritual rut. Some of us wonder why we can't break the pattern of sin that we feel like we're enslaved to. And the question I have for you is this, have we stopped all the self-help things we can figure out and gotten on our knees broken and humbled and devoted and dedicated before the Lord? And could that be our posture of where we are? Could that be who we are in this watchful of everything that is going on around us, everything that is in our heart and our dedication before, the God, before God? And so we continue on. So could we become more devoted in prayer over these next five weeks, but could we also become more watchful of our own lives? 
Could we become more watchful of those around us as what we're seeking to do is to grow in obedience, as we're seeking to grow in application? Like, I'm not taking this journey of prayer so at the end of it we can say, well, look at what we did. Look at what we've done. 168 of us walking through this journey. My hope and my goal in this is that at the end of the five weeks, what we're seeing is more daddies and husbands who love the Lord and who sacrificially provide and live and lead their families. What I'm praying for and hoping for is, is more mamas and wives who are coming alongside and being the support and system that is needed within the home. What I'm hoping for is more children who are coming to know the Lord, more neighbors who are coming to know the Lord. What I'm hoping to see is more obedience within the body of Christ so that we're saying, oh God, I'm watchful, I'm dedicated. God, where are you taking me? And where's the journey that I need to go on? so we can become devoted and watchful. But then lastly, when we look at these, kind of a two-part, we see the heart of prayer. And, and, and I love what Paul gives here in Colossians 4. He gives them the challenge. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. And then he says this, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving that may our prayers be marked by being thankful. Do this with thanksgiving, Paul tells us. Now, here's what I want to lay out. Here's what I know. Times are tough. Times are tough. The, the reality is this world is broken, and it's just not going to get better until Jesus returns, okay? Like, let's, let's admit that. Let's understand that the brokenness that is around us has been the brokenness that's been around us, and it's not getting better till Jesus returns. And this isn't me declaring this. This isn't me as a pessimist. This is what God's word says. Romans 8, tells us that creation groans in the pains of childbirth, anticipating the return of Christ. Even creation is like, now this is broken, and it's not getting better until Jesus returns. And so you have gone through, you are going through, or you will go through suffering, and a relationship with Jesus doesn't spare you from that. And no one knows that better than Paul. Where does Paul write this? He, he, he tells us in, in, verse, in verse three. He, he writes this from prison. From prison. Paul would be executed for his faith. And Paul says, be thankful. So we can, we can pause, we can break, we can look at all of the things that are going on in your lives. And some of you right now, I'm telling you because I know your stories, you're in the thick of it more so than anyone else that I've seen in my entire time in ministry. You're battling things that are bigger than you. You're battling things that are more than you can carry, more than you can bear. Some of you have come out of seasons recently, and I just want to go ahead and say, because I know this is how this world works, some of you are getting ready to walk through it, and you have no clue what's on the other side of the door. And Paul says, in spite of where you find yourself, been through it, and in it, or going through it, pray with thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. So what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? We can talk about our situations, they change. 
But what are the things in your life and in my life that were found in Christ that don't change? What can you and I be thankful for? Number one, we can be thankful for God himself. He who never changes. He who spoke this world into creation. He who spoke life and brought it, the Alpha Omega, God himself. You simply be thankful for him. We can be thankful in spite of our circumstances for God's gift of salvation that is not dependent on your situation or mine. We can be thankful for God's eternal love, that God has loved us, does love us, and will always love us. We can be thankful for God's presence in our lives. Here's what I know. Here's what I've walked in, what I'm walking through, and I pray that God will give me the faith in the future to continue to walk through it. That regardless of where you find yourself, God is with you. And you are not alone. And that God's presence is in your life. And the fifth thing, God's provision and God's help. He's there. He's there for you. He's there with you. And then lastly, God's sanctification. God's growing you through it. He's growing you through it. That every bit of life that you feel like is breaking you in the power of God and God alone, when we are found in him, he is strengthening us. And the last thing that we see right here from Paul is prayer needs to be gospel-focused. Verse 3 and 4. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. I love verse 4. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Notice what Paul says here. Paul doesn't say, oh, and, and when you're done with all this, like, pray that I'm out. Pray that something happens and I get out of here. Paul says, nope, nope. Pray that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on which I am in prison. Here's the way that Paul viewed suffering. Here's the way that Paul viewed prison. Here's the way that Paul would tell you to view sickness, that Paul would tell you to uh, 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 view the, the suffering that you're going through, the, the gossip and the slander that surrounds you, the, the, the world that tries to tear you apart and beat you down, the world that creates things in your life which are unfair, which you did not ask for. Paul would say, use it as an opportunity to share the gospel. That's it. That's it. And so for me, church, are our prayers gospel-focused? I get it. That person that you're married to is awful. All right? I get it. I get it. Maybe God has you there to share the gospel. I get it. That person that you work for is terrible to you, and they won't listen to you. Maybe God has you there to share the gospel. I get it that you're sick and that the prognosis isn't good. 
But maybe God has in that moment for you a time to make much of him and the hope of life that you have that is beyond this earth. I get it. I get it. It's not what we would have asked for. It's not what we have chosen. It's where we find ourselves. And Paul says in that, make much of him. We're going to close now in a time of prayer. And I want to take some liberty and, and ask a request from you guys. If, if you are capable and you are able to, in just a moment, I'm going to ask if we could get on our knees and pray before the Lord. If you can't, that's fine. I understand. Ladies, you're like, man, I wish you told me this before I wore this skirt. Like, I get it, right? You're like, man, my knees are bad. And I, I, can't, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But the Lord laid this on my heart this morning that I want us to take a time, if we can, to, to get on our knees before him in just a moment. And we're just going to spend some time in prayer. We always pray as, as we wrap up a message and I feel like oftentimes that, that, that you sit there just like I've done so many times as I've sat out in a congregation before. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the, the person who's on stage who, who's praying. I'm amening in my heart as, as he or she lifts up or says something. But as I pray, I, I, I want to just challenge you. Just challenge you. So maybe my words aren't the words of your prayer that you need to have this morning. Maybe what you need to do as we go into this time of prayer is, is beginning to cry out to God yourself. Begin to take this step of being devoted to him in prayer. To being watchful of the things in the world around you. To be thankful for who he is, for what he's done, and what he plans to do in your life. And then to see how every area and every aspect in our lives can be focused on the gospel. And so if you can, would you Get on your knees and join me in this time of prayer. Lord, I come to you this morning and so grateful, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you love us, that you give us salvation. God, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. Lord, I thank you that the tomb is empty. Lord, I thank you that you give us life and hope. Lord, I thank you that our eternity has been decided in you and in you alone. Lord, I come this morning just in a heart of repentance for my sin, for my shortcomings, for my failures. Lord, I repent of my pride, my arrogance, of my greed, my lust. Lord, I pray and, and, and thank you that you pour out your grace on me. Lord, I come to you this morning and I, I pray for those who are here, the kids who are in our next building who, who do not know you. Lord, I pray through, through my words that are just not, they're not perfect, Lord, but through your drawing that is, Lord, that today they could find hope in life 
in Christ and in Christ alone. Lord, I pray for our students in Utah and our adults who are with them. Lord, may our adults model for them what needs to be done and release these students to share the love of Christ and the hope of Christ. Lord, for these families that they'll interact with, Lord, I pray that they'll be willing to, to, to come to the church, Lord, to hear the gospel and to respond. Lord, I pray for those who have bought in and accepted the lie of Mormonism, Lord, those who have accepted the lie of an, of an intellectual system within their own lives, and Lord, that they could cry out to you and, Lord, find hope through you and you alone. Lord, I pray for the situation in, in Haiti. I pray for all the turmoil and strife that is there. It's no more evidence of the brokenness that sin brings into this world than a lot of the events that are playing out there. Lord, I pray for, for Bill and for the team that's there. Lord, that have given so much to invest in these villages. Lord, to share the gospel. Lord, and I pray that even though so many of the missionaries have had to leave, Lord, that the groundwork that's been laid and the hope of the gospel will be shared. Lord, I pray for the whole country of India, where this morning, Lord, in, in spite of the promise of death, imprisonment, for those who gather in churches, Lord, I pray that men and women, children will gather anyway because they know that their life is not defined by this world but by you. Lord, I pray for Daryl and the work that's going on in the Philippines where so many have been hindered because of poverty and, Lord, through the gospel and, Lord, through the ministries that they have that these villages are given an opportunity, Lord, to have a meal and to be encouraged and be blessed and to hear the gospel and re respond to it. Lord, I pray for Rick and Tina in Greece. Lord, talking about a, a country that, that COVID continually shuts down. But Lord, in the midst of COVID shutting something down, Lord, you continue to open up hearts. Afghan Muslim hearts for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I thank you so much that took a man and a woman who, who worked in construction and food service, Lord, and, and you called them to your mission field, and they're there, Lord, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that five years ago they never would have dreamt, but you called them. We're going to pray for the work going on in North Africa, as so many are, are hindered to even hearing about the truth. And so, Lord, today I pray for private conversations that are, that are whispered in, in coffee shops and private conversations that are whispered in, 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 in homes and in private conversations, Lord, that are whispered on street corners so that men and women may, may have faith. And, Lord, I pray against all of the, the terrorist groups that are seeking to recruit more, Lord, as, as you're building and you're saving men and women. May their hope be found there. Lord, I pray for the work that's being done in Toronto where, where refugees from all over this world are, are pouring into and they're, they're bringing their faiths that they know are broken and they're looking for something different and they're finding a, a group of, 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 of believers that are scattered amongst the city there that is growing ever more lost, but a, but a, but a remnant, Lord, that's there of, of believers who are, who are living boldly for their faith. 
and sharing the hope. Lord, I pray for VBS that'll happen here in, in, in one short week. I pray for all the workers who are, who are gonna be here, who are gonna give and sacrifice of their time. I pray for the families, some, Lord, that, that call Willow Ridge home, but, but Lord, as we've seen the registration, many that are, that are coming in off the street that we do not know, and I pray, Lord, it's a time to, to share the love of Christ and that not only children, but, but moms and dads and, and, and maybe grandparents and neighbors will, will come to faith in Jesus through a VBS. Lord, I pray for the families of our church. Lord, I pray that our, our dads and husbands, Lord, could lead. Not as we decide to, but as you showed us. Christ loved the church. I want to pray for our, our wives and our moms here, Lord. They would then lead and respond. Lord, how the church responds to you. Lord, I pray for the next generation, for these, for these kids, of what is modeled to them and what is shown to them, Lord. They will not turn from it but that the gospel award will be implanted in their heart and they will grow and mature in their faith continue forward. Lord, I pray for the lost that surround us. Lord, may you give us times and opportunities and moments not simply just to love people, but to share the very hope of the gospel. I pray for this season of prayer. <laughs> may our knees become sore, but may our hearts be strengthened as we kneel before you and as we cry out to you. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing. And Lord, for all that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to respond to him in worship. Oh, you're fine if you want to stand up, sit down, you're good. But maybe you want to continue on in prayer. Maybe right where you are, maybe down front. Maybe you want to come pray with me. I'm, I'll be right here with my family. would love to pray with you. Thanks again for listening to the Willow Ridge Church weekly podcast. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this week's message. If you'd like to learn more about who we are or explore additional resources, visit us online at www.willowridgechurch.com or by searching for Willow Ridge Church on Facebook and Instagram.